This is The Truth with Sherwin Hughes on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Welcome to Hour 3 of The Truth with Sherwin Hughes. Well, we started off talking about American decline, but we always we delve into these uh, male-female relationship issues. And really, Al started this. So the other thing is, so men want peace. Women want peace, right? You want tranquility. Like you want your person to be your respite. When I gave the situation earlier where a man and a woman were married and the woman, let's say she was really, really attractive and they divorce or their relationship otherwise dissolves. And then that man gets with another woman. Maybe he gets married again. Maybe he's got a new girlfriend, whatever, post-divorce. And this man's new woman is she's not very attractive at all. I only explain one part of that. It could be that that woman who is a lot less attractive than his wife who he divorced or his girlfriend that he broke up with. And he gets with his new woman who's not attractive at all. It could be because regardless of how the new woman looks, she is his peace and he will trade looks for peace. It doesn't matter how attractive the person you are with is. If they bring out the worst in you, unless y'all are using human beings for status clout and using people as jewelry, because everybody wants to be with an attractive person because that makes your stock go up. Right. But why would, what are you willing to sacrifice to be with somebody attractive on your arm? So one explanation is this less attractive new woman could be this man's piece or That less attractive new woman's self-esteem is so low, she tolerates his BS. That often is the case, too. I'm going to give you a bit of irony, and I'm going to go on with these five reasons, evidence, really, of why we are in the middle of American decline. If a man cannot tolerate a woman's complaints and lashing out at him. If a man cannot tolerate a woman's overall disrespect, that man is considered weak. If a woman cannot tolerate a man's verbal lashings and disrespect, and then she leaves him, that woman is strong. Y'all understand that? If a man leaves a woman because of her verbal abuse and her disrespectful words, well, he's just weak. He couldn't handle a strong woman. But if a woman musters the courage to leave a disrespectful and condescending man, she is strong. That's the fundamental difference. And to address what women do and what women do to make themselves look the way they look, that is entirely up to y'all. There was a survey that I saw where, and who knows, it was one of those stupid internet surveys where they went to a mall and just asked a bunch of random people this particular question. They asked women, do you think men like natural women or women that have the BBL, the basically plastic surgery to make your body look like Jessica Rabbit? They asked 10 women. Ladies, what do you think men like? What are they more attracted to? The BBL surgery or natural women like BBL, BBL, all 10 of them, BBL, 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 BBL. 
They asked 10 men the same question. Gentlemen, what are you more attracted to? Natural women, natural bodies, or BBL? Natural, 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 natural. That's like a fundamental, like, difference. It's one of them things, I guess. Number five, the widespread belief that our political system is broken. Americans' disdain for the political system has been captured in numerous polls showing voters are dissatisfied with a potential Biden-Trump rematch, a uniquely horrible choice, as the headline quoted from one voter put it. Team Trump is certain that not only the former president can preserve democracy, but save the nation from the southern border invasion and stop President Biden's corruption along with the weaponization of his Justice Department. Conversely, Democrats believe Biden will save democracy and the country from Trump, who will otherwise be an authoritarian ruler, shredding the Constitution. So I didn't really want to put too much time, focus, and attention on this. You know that whole thing about the corruption with Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and the whole Burisma thing? Do you know the FBI arrested somebody because they lied about that story? All of that was made up? All of that was made up. The Hunter Biden, Joe Biden connection with some Ukrainian company. All of it was a lie. And the FBI actually just arrested somebody. So all these damn fools that thought, ooh, Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, they corrupt. It was a lie and everybody believed it. Number four, loss of American identity and patriotism. The once great American, quote, melting pot is an outdated concept for many Americans. Traditionally, immigrants with different languages and cultures assimilated and became distinctly American. The current trend is toward heterogeneous culture. Meanwhile, among non-white youth, adopting an American identity and even saluting the flag is considered nationalistic, representing in old America a predominantly white Christian and inherently unequal America Patriotism has declined, especially among more ethnically diverse 18 to 34 year olds. That brings us to our rapidly changing population. No modern nation has ever experienced such dramatic demographic change and already increasing racial tensions could vastly accelerate and hasten the national decline. Let's talk to Tony. You're on 1017 The Truth. How are you? Sure. What's going on, man? It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a little bit. How are you? Uh, not too bad. Um, I'm not going to talk about the stuff that we disagree on, but I did want to discuss something really quickly about what we agree on. And, you know, this, you were talking about the decline of America, and it, I thought about the new information that just came out from a professor from Fairfanks, uh, Alaska, that was asked to do an investigation on the WTC-7. And um, through that investigation, he was asked several other times, and he um, politely declined due to, you know, him being pretty young. And at this point in his life, he's like, I've done enough. And so he's like, I'll do this investigation. So, of course, he comes out with a detailed, and you can look it up online. It's there. It's like it's really, really extremely detailed how WTC7 went down and how like the first part of the at the very top the penthouse like dropped and there was no fire in the building um so it was just like how does this happen he doesn't say like who did it 
just because, you know, to keep it um, kind of, I don't know, say like PC, but keep it where it's like there's a plausible deniability there. But he just like, I can tell you that it didn't um, go down because of debris or fire in the building. I can just say that. But um, if you just type it in the, the Google search, like all his, his PDF, everything, even diagrams of uh, digitally how it how it went down, and also there's a report, which is kind of interesting, too, that it was a uh, British news reporter, and she was, you know, uh, reporting on the WTC7 going down, but it had already been reported that it went down, but through her reporting, the building was still up. So it was just like. How are you saying that this is everybody's reporting that it went down, but she's there and it hadn't gone down yet. And that's in the background. I was like, wow, interesting. It also should be noted that at the time, Mayor Giuliani and the FBI both had documents and records in World Trade Center 7, which is another mysterious and nebulous kind of reason why it went down. But here's the other thing. The only time in in history of the world where a building has collapsed upon itself because it was hit by a plane, because planes have been hitting buildings for a hundred years. The only time it has ever happened in human history where a building has collapsed because it was hit by a plane was world center trade center one and two. Those were controlled. There's a documentary that came out 20 years ago called loose change, but here's what solidified it for me. One of the guys who was a hijacker, his name was Muhammad Atta. He is one of the more famous hijackers. Well, as they're combing through Mm -hmm. probably, billions of cubic feet of debris and steel and concrete. The passport. They found his passport in Perth, just laying on the rocks in right. a plane just, that started on fire yeah. and melted the steel box columns in a building. But they, oh, here, he was on the plane. Here's his passport. There was another right, story that exactly. said Muhammad Atta has never been to the United States. Like, he is inside. He's a student. That the person that they said... Right was Muhammad Atta that was one of the masterminds of September 11th is like, yeah, I'm over here in college. I've never been to America in my life. So. Right. But I've always been a 9-11 truther, but I stopped talking about it because people get real mad at you when you talk about it. Yeah, they definitely do. So is is this is the only time, this is the other thing too, the only time in history that they didn't investigate the wreckage, they shipped out the wreckage to China. Um, but the, the funny thing is, is that this happened two days after Donald Rumsfeld couldn't, he did an audit of this the um, the Pentagon in the CIA, and it was like, well, we can't attest for the two trillion dollars, um, not billion, but trillion dollars. So we don't we don't know what happened to it. And then two days after that, nine eleven. So it's like, hmm, that's pretty interesting. But you know, some guy magically that couldn't even fly a Cessna um, plane. Somehow, magically, was able to you know make that turn and get the uh, plane low enough to be able to hit the Pacific um, particular um, side of the Pentagon where they were doing the investigation. But you know, hey, that's just a coincidence, right? Yeah, a bunch of it is coincidence. Donald Rumsfeld was in the Pentagon, but he happened to be on the perfect opposite side of the Pentagon where the plane hit. The hole that was in the Pentagon was made by the nose of the plane. The nose of a plane is made out of plastic, but the wings are made out of aluminum. But there was no damage where the wings hit the building. That was hit by a missile. Oh, yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff. The bomb-sniffing dogs were removed several days before World Trade Center 1 and 2 went down. Why did that happen? If you've ever seen a controlled demolition, like when they blow up a building or tear down a casino in Las Vegas, they pancake on themselves. 
That's exactly mm-hmm. what happened with all three of those buildings. So the evidence is there, but this is the other thing. This is also why a lot of Americans are anti-vax. We don't understand science. A plane can't cause a building to yeah. crash. It can't. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I don't like vaccines. It's Not the same thing. We don't understand what science is. So when something happens that we can't readily explain, we just make up all sorts of weird stuff and just say, oh, well, the terrorist did it. No, George Bush knew exactly yeah, what he was doing. But there's been false flag um, you know, exercises all throughout American history. We do something to ourselves and we blame a country that we hate. So then the American people are in support of going to war with a country that we hate. Because Americans generally don't like war unless there's a reason. So let's blow yeah. up our buildings and, and just say, look, the Muslims, mm-hmm. did it. let's go get the Muslims now. Yeah, we had 12 years of being in Afghanistan and uh, what, eight years of being in Iraq. So oh, that was a 20 like, year war. Mm-hmm. We lost that one, too. Yeah. yeah, 20 year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, hey, you know, we can keep the military industrial complex thriving. So just like even with, um, you know, the Senate passing this uh, this relief aid bill that they just passed. Um, which kind of, not kind of, but it does circumvent democracy. So, so if Biden's in there, okay, fine. But if Trump's in there or any other president that gets in there, they're saying that you cannot lawfully withdraw aid from Ukraine. It's like, what? The, the war's over. It's done. You, I mean, what, what, what more do what quote-unquote aid need to go to Ukraine? But, you know. Military industrial complex. Let's always keep it up. I mean, we have lily livered Congress that won't say, "Hey, we're shipping weapons to another country." That means that's war. We're supposed to, per the Constitution, hey, Congress, you're the first, right? So you're supposed to say, "Look, if we're at war, or we're not at war." Oh, no, you know, we're not going to do that. We'll circumvent let our powers just go away and just let the president have do whatever he wants to do. That's not what we're supposed to do. Hey, that's my spiel. Thanks, Tony. So I'll get back to I get back to you with the election stuff. So oh. um, that's much later. All right, we'll talk soon. All right. Okay. Bye, bye, Tony. That wasn't what we were talking about today, but makes sense nonetheless. The I don't want to call it confusing because it's pretty clear. America is a constitutional imperialist republic we exercise democracy on occasion but what America is it's different than what we think it is we think that oh we have a whole bunch of free choice and we can tell our leaders what to do and you know Americans like we're the core of of this nation Mm. at best we're stockholders in a company some of you own stocks and bonds or whatever. You own pieces of companies. You own shares of companies. I'm going to give you this little example, then i got to take a break. You're a stockholder. Technically, like legitimately, legally, you're a part owner of a company. How much influence do you have on that company? How many changes can you make? Now, you're a stockholder. Now, you are an owner of the company. Let me do a better example. Some of y'all own stock in the Green Bay Packers. Right. You can buy. It's cute. You can buy a share of the Packers for two hundred fifty dollars. People gift each other Green Bay Packers shares. You can buy a Packers share for a friend or a family member for Christmas. Like, oh, I'm part owner of the Green Bay Packers. OK. Bunch of you are at least aware of the fact that you can buy shares of the Green Bay Packers every so often, maybe every few years. They'll offer 
shares for sale. You can't just go buy them whenever you want. They got to offer them for sale. So some of you are or know of people who are partial owners of the Green Bay Packers. Of those people that own shares in the Green Bay Packers, do they make coaching decisions? Do they? What decisions? You're an owner, but you don't make any decisions. We as voters in this nation and part of the democracy are just shareholders. We can exercise a little bit of our authority by participating or not participating. And sometimes being a share owner gets you more decision-making ability in the business. So if you are a local voter, vote in aldermanic races or county supervisory races or mayoral races, your ownership of the democracy at that smaller level can have much more influence. But the further you go upstream, the more diminished you are as a stockholder. Let's say it's a brand new company, a new startup. And they only offer 10 or 15 shares for sale. And you're one of those 10 or 15. When you go to a stockholders meeting and you give your opinion, they might actually listen to you. But if you own shares in Google, Apple, Microsoft, Tesla, you can own 10 shares. You go to a shareholders meeting or they'll do like a live broadcast or like a Zoom shareholders meeting. You count for nothing. It's basically the same with our democracy. We are a constitutional imperialist republic. The further downstream you go, the more your input and your vote has power and merit, the higher up you go in government, your individual vote. I don't want to say it means less, but it has to be in large collaboration and coalition with other like-minded individuals to have any kind of impact. You're listening to the truth with Sherwin Hughes on 1017 FM. I'll be right back. Don't touch that dial. The Truth with Sherwin Hughes will be right back on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You are listening to The Truth with Sherwin Hughes on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Tune into the award-winning 1017 The Truth's Black History Always special. Tonight at 6 p.m. as we celebrate black history, culture, and our influence across the state of Wisconsin. In this show, you'll hear in-depth interviews with Brewers Associate Manager Ricky Weeks, as well as Marquette Head Coach of the men's basketball team, Shaka Smart. Tori Lowe narrates an audio essay titled Playing Quarterback While Black, featuring Jeremy White, son of Packers legend Reggie White. Again, that is Black History Always tonight at 6 p.m. on the award-winning 1017 The Truth. The Truth Celebration of Black History Month is sponsored by Tayback Law, Educators Credit Union, Freighter, and the Medical College of Wisconsin, and American Family Insurance. The award-winning 1017 The Truth is home of Milwaukee Panthers basketball. Friday night, the Panthers are at home as they host the Youngstown State Penguins. Coverage begins at 6.30 with a 7 p.m. tip-off. The Truth Street Team will be in full effect on Friday night, handing out Truth Swag. The Truth Street Team is sponsored by the UW Credit Union. They are here forever you. And the award-winning 1017 The Truth proudly celebrates black excellence and the most monumental moments in our history. Tune in all of February as we celebrate black history. Our celebration of black history is sponsored by Tayback Law, Educators Credit Union, Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin, and American Family Insurance. All right. Grant says, the most important, excluded, ironic bit of information. George W. Bush was in the classroom reading to a group of kindergarten children. Then, when told by the unsuspecting Secret Service agents that the country was under attack, Bush had no idea how to react. 
So, Grant, I remember that because they always cut to where the president was when they whispered to him um, what was going on. Bush was safer. He was in Florida, ironically. He was away from all the action. I know that they couldn't land Air Force One, that he had to stay in the air until everything had been cleared. You also know that the only family that was allowed, the first time in American avionics history, all planes were ordered grounded. Remember that? All of the planes, you couldn't have a plane in the air. All planes. Runways were packed. Travelers were stunned. What do you mean we got to land? We just, we going to Vegas. We left from Cleveland. What do you mean we got to land in O'Hare? All planes were grounded except for one family's plane. One family was allowed to fly. You know who that family was? They grounded every commercial plane, every private plane, Every chartered plane was ordered, grounded under an order and a rule by the federal government. One plane was allowed to fly out of the United States and into international airspace. And that was a plane owned by the Bin Laden family. You guys know the Bin Laden family and the Bush family go back way, 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 way back. There's a lot of confusion about the war, especially the war in Iraq, which really is what the prize was. Everybody said, oh, it was about oil. It was about oil. Does that make any sense? Like, who's oil? Are we going to get the oil? No, not at all. Oh, it was about oil. We went to war because it was about oil. I've heard that a million and one times, but nobody really knows what that means or they don't know how to clarify or demystify that war was about oil. Here's why America goes to war, and it's very simple. All wars. We don't go to war with countries because we don't like how they treat their people. We could care less, quite honestly. We use it as an excuse. They have human rights violations. Yeah, shut up. So do we. Ain't nobody bombing America because black people are treated poorly. We want countries to think like we do. We want imperialist, capitalist countries like us, we want them to have our brand of capitalism slash democracy. When we say that the war in Iraq was about oil, it was about the wealth that oil can produce. Number one, number two, having an American style system of democracy. Cause remember when everybody celebrated, yay, they had their first free elections in Iran or I'm sorry, Iraq, Iran is next. Iran ain't playing that, though, because they saw what happened to their neighbor next door. Iraq, though. We're not going out like that. No, we're not. What, am I going to make the Iranians mad if I'm making fun of the Iranian accent? Come on, none of them are in America. We want to be able to build Coca-Colas and Pizza Huts. We want to take advantage of their cheap labor and we want to work with business owners and land owners and other capitalists in countries that are wealthy because of the oil. You see what I mean? There's billionaires in Iraq and we want them to have a democracy. We want the people in Iraq to think that they can vote their leaders in like we do here so that we have a democracy that is similar to ours so that we can do business and trade with an oil rich country. And then maybe like down the road, we can make deals for oil. But we want countries to have a democracy like like ours so we can have American capitalism on their soil. Americans and American businesses, 
want to cover the world. We want American businesses and American exceptionalism to exist everywhere. That's why we don't like communist countries, because they don't trade with us. We can't build Coca-Colas and Pizza Huts and American companies in Russia. They reject it. So that's why we hate Russia. There's no other reason. We want other capitalist democracies so we can all trade together and exploit poor people. That's that's it. And if you don't agree with America, if you think that America is mean and exploitative and we treat poor people unfairly and if you hate us, we'll destroy you. We will take out your leaders and install a puppet government that is sympathetic to us. Let's talk to. Hello, Bob. Bob, you should just play the saxophone instead of talking because one is much better than the other. You think so, huh? Oh, God, I know so. Oh, well, you know, uh, look at, since you mentioned that, look at Lisa. She she wants to put on her shoes to come down and give you a cake because she just feels so exhilarated when she mentioned Bob comes down there with one arm. You know, I mean, you gave, I got, I'm playing my sex at a, uh, what is this? A nursing home. Do you know that 700 million less CNAs in nursing homes? And this woman came to me because she heard me on your show. Wait, 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 hold on, Bob. 700 million less CNAs? Where the hell they all go? That's right. Uh, just like we have less police, just like are you sure the number is? Are you sure it's seven hundred million? Because that's double the population of the United States. Is that okay? Maybe seven hundred thousand. Okay, that sounds more okay. likely. Okay, thank you. But it's, it's it's not enough. A lady heard me, and she wants me to play here, around here somewhere. Because I played in Illinois, and she wants me to come back and play. Because she said it was two or three of her patients that just were trying to be independent. And they people that worked there could do less and sit down, and they loved that. So come on back. I guess nine years ago, people died or people left or whatever, you know. And they're getting to be like needy, like you know how you say, "Oh, you might get hurt. Oh, you might fall. Oh, oh, please. We got to get up. We got to get out of here, man. We got to. We got to move around, man. People got. But see, you got me all off track, uh, Sherwood. I and, got you uh, off track, it, Bob. You was born off a, track, man. It's a vote today. Uh, and we supposed to vote. And then my landlord, who's a very nice white guy, brought me up a newspaper saying, don't vote for this guy. <clears throat> now, it's, his name is Ripisky. Listen, Bob, the people that you that are on your ballot in Racine is going to be literally next to nothing to people listening in Milwaukee. Literally next to nothing. Proceed, though. Well, this guy here is a court guy running for his court system. Gave a guy, 16-year-old black guy, 45 years, for killing a guy in a gun, with a gun. They were in rival gangs. He brought me up the newspaper, and I read it. 
And uh, he said the gun dropped and it went off and he shouldn't get 45 years. And the landlord was saying, yeah, you, you don't vote for him because you're going to vote. And, I, you know, he's probably the only one on the ballot. When you talked about voting today, that made me wonder, you know, about this. Can you believe that a gun can drop and kill a person and should he get 45 years? Wow. I don't know. It just sounds it's like some weird scene stuff to me, Bob. I, I don't know. I don't know, Bob. I don't know. Then don't, I don't then don't vote for the person. Either. Then don't vote for him. Vote for somebody else. Write me in. Okay, write you in. Yep. Sounds like because he's probably the only guy on the court, you know? Okay. And he's got to be. Uh, my last point, if you don't mind. I do sir. mind. I mind a lot. But hurry up. Well, it's just interesting. You know, I I, I, I got to kind of lay back a little bit because, you know, don't think I'm dead or nothing like that. Just think I'm practicing my horn because I'm going to play at this nursing home to get some of them people, you know, you know, to be active. To you know, they're gonna say, "Oh, just and see that, that you caused that." That's that's just a a very nice thing that you've done, you know, by having my black behind down there three times. People feel. They're doing less work in a nursing home because they just feel, oh, man, I can do this. I had to feed my mother. I went there a year and a half every day because I was. she had a stroke four years after me. And she was just mean and ornery and she couldn't talk. Stroke affects people in different ways. She couldn't talk and she was bedridden. So I had to. I went there for a year and a half until we brought her home. And she had an arm like I had one arm. She had one arm like I had one arm. But I had to feed her because she was, she was too ornery and proud. My, I'm her only son, so what I'm going to do? Looked after my father till he died. Looked after my mother. So, look, you got me running off now. You take care of you, ornery man, and you better be lucky. I, I signify good. You better be lucky I don't signify on you. I, Cause you a VIP person. I, I I I do it a little bit, but not much. Cause I'm real good at it. So you're very fortunate that I don't do that with a VIP person that much. So you take care, sir. <laughs> you you take care. Oh, all right now. Okay then. All right now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Oh. All right. <laughs> Why? I just told a man to play the saxophone because what did I say? I said, play the saxophone instead of talking because one is slightly better than the other one. And he just kept talking. I, I don't understand. All right, I'm going to take a break. I'm sure, is this security, Mike? He probably, I'm not, I don't want to play that. It don't matter what we say about Trump. I'm not trying, I can't convince nobody. Sorry, security, Mike, if you call and get us to play the little speech where the guy talks about all the things, like how racist Donald Trump is and all the the ways in which Donald Trump has hurt black people, that doesn't, that kind of stuff, unfortunately, security might. While it makes a lot of sense to us, those of us whose minds are already made up, we think that there is information or evidence that can convince someone, especially another black person, to not vote for Trump. There is literally, when I, you got to hear me good now, 
There is nothing we can say. There is no information. There is no evidence. There is no proof that we can provide to a Trump supporter to get them to change their minds. There's nothing we can do. And I know that's a tough pill to swallow, but that's just what that is. So we go through all this additional and extraordinary effort like, oh, if we just tell them this or if we give them this bit of information, oh, if we give them this evidence, oh, or if they if they hear this speech, then they won't like Trump no more. No, that is not, that's not how that works. Take a break, come back, and oh, we're still talking about American decline, are we not? We'll finish the topic out on the other side. The Truth with Sherwin Hughes will be right back. The Truth with Sherwin Hughes returns after this on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. More of The Truth with Sherwin Hughes is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Number three, increasing income and wealth inequality. Subpar educational achievement will probably only increase the gap between the rich and poor in America. Moreover, it will shrink the once vibrant middle class, the pride of post-war America. Pew Research conflating the ideas of, quote, middle class and middle income recently found this vital group to have shrunk from 61 percent of households in 1970 to 50 percent of households in 2021, although a net increase in upper income households accounted for most of this net decline of the middle class. The latter are still bringing in a disproportionately reduced percentage of the nation's total income down from 62 percent in 1971 to only 42 percent in the year 2021. Number two, low student achievement, additional evidence of American decline. If our nation is to dig itself out of that harrowing debt trap, it will need to have successive generations of superstar students aimed with skills and creativity. Someday they will invent and harness technologies to manufacture state-of-the-art products and related services, fueling an economic boom that boosts the GDP. Unfortunately, The nation's scholastic report card does not hint at such an optimistic future. The National Assessment of Educational Progress, a congressionally mandated education department program that has assessed students since 1969, finds that only 29 percent of fourth graders and 20 percent of eighth graders are even proficient in math. Only 8 percent and 7 percent, respectively, are, quote, advanced at those levels. God, I got to read that again. I I can't believe that. 29% of fourth graders and 20% of eighth graders are even proficient in math. The older they get, the less proficient in math they are. So if you're 29% proficient in fourth grade, by the time you get to eighth grade, you're 20%. Well, then what the hell are you as a senior? Overall achievement has decreased in both reading and math compared to the already disappointing numbers of 2019. So both before and after COVID, our education system appears to be losing the fight against national decline. And number one, uncontrollable U.S. debt. The U.S. debt clock displays the inevitability of American decline, a, quote, ticking time bomb of data and financial evidence 
especially the following three, the U.S. government's total unfunded liabilities, the combined amount of payments promised without funds of recipients to Social Security, Medicare, federal employee pensions, veterans benefits and federal debt held by the public stands at. Wow. Two hundred and twelve trillion dollars. Okay, I'll try. I got to break that down. A trillion. Okay, one trillion. Is a million billions. Two hundred and twelve million billion dollars. Two hundred twelve trillion dollars and are rapidly increasing for context. That number was just one hundred and twenty two trillion five years ago and is projected by the debt clock to reach two hundred eighty eight point nine trillion by the year. Two thousand twenty eight. That is an unimaginable amount of money, more than a quarter trillion quadrillion dollars. When or if the government is forced to reduce payments, pensions or services to hold things together or default on its debt. The consequences will be brutal. The second ticking time bomb is the U.S. debt itself at thirty four trillion dollars. It has increased more than sixfold from five point six trillion in the year 2000 of that thirty four trillion seven hundred thirty one billion has accumulated through interest payments. The fourth highest annual U.S. budget item. If you're keeping score, the third highest is $851 billion for the Department of Defense, exceeded by Social Security at $1.39 trillion and topped by Medicare and Medicaid at $1.72 trillion. Like an irresponsible credit card user, the federal government is perpetually borrowing more money to make the interest payments as they come due. That's why we have all these debt ceiling increases. And the interest payments on the newly refinanced debt will be much higher due to recent and significant interest rate hikes. Finally, the $34 trillion national debt as a percentage of the nation's $27.8 trillion economy entails a debt to GDP ratio of 122.30 percent headed to 150% by the year 2028. That's up from just 56% when Bill Clinton was president and 36% in 1980 when Jimmy Carter was still in office. Don't expect any meaningful discussions or solutions from either political party about these three bombs as their timers tick away. Oh, we have a solution to it. 100% we do. You ain't going to like it, though. Especially as it pertains to Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. The federal income, the federal insurance contribution act, FICA. You guys heard of FICA? Look at your check stub. It says FICA and it's a dollar amount that they take from you. Federal insurance contribution act. So that is the amount of money that they take out of your check to invest in your eventual social security, your Medicare and or your Medicaid. All right. So you pay into that system because people are living longer and you got some people that are pulling down benefits from Social Security and Medicare for longer than they work. You understand? So they are receiving benefits, more benefits than they actually paid in. Because if you only worked for, let's say you work for 30 years, but you re- receive Social Security benefits for 50 years, 
that means that you are receiving 20 years worth of monthly payments and health insurance that you ain't paid for. Now, we got a solution to that because we want Americans to live longer. Contrary to what some of y'all think, ain't nobody trying to kill us but us. They want Americans to live as long as possible. That's why life expectancy has actually gone up. It's dipped a little bit, but it's gone up because the longer we're alive, the more money we spend and the richer we make other people. Americans that are dead don't spend any money. But when we're alive, we spend everything we get, don't we? Here's how we solve the Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security crisis. And it's simple. And all the politicians know this. We just need more people working and paying into the system. Because it's going to get to a point where we're going to have three people working for every 10 people receiving Social Security. That is unsustainable. And if somebody paid into the Social Security system their entire life for us to tell them, sorry, we ain't got no more money left for you. Like, that's that's unfair. All you have to do is allow people to come into this country and work and be paid legitimately and pay taxes. That's it. Do you know how many people are in this country because they can't get their citizenship? They're not paying FICA. If we just legalize the people that are here, they're not going anywhere. They're not going back to Guadalajara. They don't want to go back. They're not going to go back. They're here. Put them on paper. Give them a little citizenship. Let them pay FICA taxes, and we can pretty much solve the Social Security crisis. But y'all don't want the immigrants to come into the country because they're going to take your job. They ain't taking your job because guess what? A lot of them are working, and some of y'all ain't. You took their job. Yo, lazy Americans, stop taking jobs from these hardworking immigrants all over here, not working, taking a good old Mexican's job. I come to this country to work. I can't understand why you're American. They, what? That's not a Mexican. That's Giannis. That's my Giannis. No, it does not. My accent does not sound like I'm from West Side Story. If, if anything, why don't y'all be mad at Giannis? He's an immigrant. He took your job. He's an didn't he? Giannis is not an American. He took your job from me. He's not. He plays for a Milwaukee basketball team. I come over here. I play a basketball. I don't even know English when I come. I don't know. I got a restaurant. It's like over there down the street. I guess called Avali. I got a restaurant. There's food in the restaurant. My girlfriend, she okay. She always pregnant. I shoot the ball. I come home from the game. I come play the Timberwolves. I come home. She pregnant again. I said, Mariah, why are you so pregnant all the time? You pregnant all the time. She pregnant with four kids at one time, and they're all different ages. You're listening to The Truth with Sherwin Hughes on 1017 FM. I'll be right back. Don't touch that dial. The Truth with Sherwin Hughes will be right back on 1017 The Truth. The Truth app at 1017thetruth.com. This is The Truth with Sherwin Hughes on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Let's talk to Marlon, shall we? Hello, Marlon. You're on 1017 The Truth. How are you? Good. How you doing? I'm doing good. I think there's, I think there's something that we forget about that. Uh, I think that uh, you know we talk about the migrants and how they're coming over here, and they're not paying for their their dues stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> I think we forget that a lot of times they use uh, uh, a bad social security numbers 
So if they're using a fake social security number, they are technically playing, paying taxes into our system. And because they are paying taxes into our system, uh, nobody's talking about that money and where that money's going, but that stuff does happen all the time as well. Oh, that's only a few of them. Though. Most of them come over here, they get zero paperwork. But no, you're right. So that money, if they have a fake social security number, that money, that social security number is assigned to another person. It's just not assigned to them. That money going somewhere. It's going yeah. into the social security office. Which fine with me as long as they're paying saying. money on paper. That's what I'm saying. So I think you know that's that's part of it as well that people say well they're not paying well some of them are you know what I mean like you said it's not it's not all of them but some of them are and I think we need to think about that too but I think it's a good point that you brought up that you know some of us aren't working but you know what I'm saying we keep saying we want them to migrate out when they're taking our jobs but whose job are they really taking? You're absolutely correct, Thank sir. You, sir. Appreciate the call. Have a good one. All right, you too. Hey, you Americans, you're taking jobs away from the migrants. The other thing is they're going to value education more than a lot of parents value education. Like, they know the power of education because some of these migrants have come over here. Believe it or not, they're coming over here to take advantage of a school system that is dramatically better than the school system in the third world countries in which they are fleeing because there's very little investment in education in those countries. If there was more investment in education in those countries, a lot of people would just stay there. We, as Americans, we just don't prioritize education. Let me say how I know. I know that y'all think that it's cute to like abbreviate and to like misspell things when you're typing stuff on the internet. I think some of y'all don't know any better. If you're 50 years old and you don't know the difference between there, there, you and yours, your and yours, that that's illiteracy. And so we can't blame the kids for not knowing how to read. Y'all don't know how to read. I got to decode stuff that y'all type in the comment section. I got to try and decipher e- even the text messages y'all send us. But this is a little bit different because some of y'all use talk to text when you text us at our studio line. Speaking of which, let me see what nonsense we got in the. Let's see here. Shandlin said that she was voter number 22 and ward number 20 at 1141. That actually is not that bad. What else we got? D. Wood says migrants have the downtown of Chicago looking like a junk drawer and they are assaulting black people. Well, what did the black people do to get assaulted? <laughs> Grant wants to know, where can I purchase two front row tickets to hear Bob play at the nursing home? I'd imagine those tickets are probably free. Grant wants to know what happened to Dick Cheney's company, Halliburton, after September 11th. Didn't they, um, what happened to Halliburton? Didn't go bankrupt or something? They had a bunch of no-bid contracts to rebuild Iraq. Here's the other thing about war. <laughs> we we destroy a country, right? We bomb it. We get rid of the bad regime, and we install a shadow government or a puppet government or whatever. And then American contractors get paid to rebuild the country that we bomb. We built roads, bridges, and schools in Afghanistan. Because we bombed the roads, the bridges, and the schools. And so you need to think about this for a second. War is money. 
we get a couple of things out of it. That's why sometimes war is worth it. We get to destroy a nation that doesn't agree with us, put in a government that does agree with us, and all the things that we bombed and destroyed, we hire American contractors to go and rebuild. I'm going to rest my case. You guys have a good day. I'll see you next time.